Thanks for tuning in to episode 11 of the Wilkesbury Connect podcast. We are your hosts, Nick and Singa. And Mariah Curtis. As a series that brings you local entrepreneurs, young professionals, and students who are leaving their mark on Northeastern Pennsylvania, we have with us today entrepreneur Kevin Jones, the CEO of VizVibe. The Wilkesbury Connect podcast is brought to you by Pepper Jam. Headquartered in downtown Wilkesbury, Pepper Jam is a performance marketing solutions provider redefining its category through innovative technology and service expertise. For more information, check them out at pepperjam.com. Um, so, Kevin, you currently work as an instructor at Luzerne County Community College. What types of classes do you teach there? Well, I teach in the communication arts department. I'm the coordinator of the department as well, um, and I teach mostly digital and multimedia. Digital and multimedia, mm -hmm. okay. Did you always have a strong passion for digital media? For digital media and multimedia in general? I guess, well, the funny thing is, is when I started out, I got into television and radio because I had a band, and I wanted the band on the radio. Okay. Okay, and and then I, I, I was really passionate about music. And getting my songs out there and writing songs and recording and all of that. And then I walked down the hall because I went to LCCC oh. uh, and, and got a couple of associates before I moved on with my career and stuff. But I remember walking uh, down the hall and having to take this television class. I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the band. And then I was like, once I started seeing like, wait a second. You mean to tell me that instead of playing all these gigs, I could get my creative work out in front of thousands, if not millions of people just in one broadcast? So then I started leaning towards television. And it's one of those really interesting things is the, uh, a pivotal moment that I had in my life and in my career was I was finishing up my audiovisual communications, which at that time was AV broadcasting or something like that, right? Broadcast communications. And I had just learned how to shoot video and edit video with this like hundred pound camera. Oh you gosh. ran a wire down to a pack and then you had the, you had this big video cassette that you put in like this big <laughs> VCR attached to your hip. And like you were lugging the crap around trying to film, right? So, and then you would bring it back and you would have A roll and B roll. And there would be two different things that you shot, but you'd have to put them into the decks. And then you would have to assemble edit by going back and forth and pu putting the button in and, and editing it that way. And any graphics that you had literally were done by this thing called the toaster. And it was the most ancient. <laughs> machine uh, i see dan over there <laughs> at the board laughing because he knows exactly <laughs> what having I'm a flashback it was like, moment. <laughs> and, and those and those deck areas were like this desk is probably about five foot long six foot long yeah like a little bit longer was your entire workstation because oh you were gosh. like clicking this button doing this right and audio we used to carry around a we called it the block and on the block you'd open it up and it would have a straight slice area, a side slice area, and have all your razor blades. It'd have your chalk where you would go. And what you would do is take the two reel-to-reels and go back and forth and mark it on the heads. And then you would pull it out, and that's how you would slice it. And then have the tape, the tape it together, and that's how you would edit audio. 
Wow. Yeah, right? So That's a lot I, of work. I oh, just, my God. I, I would not want to done, teach that. I just got done learning that, right? You want to talk about a pivotal moment. So I just get done, and I went an extra semester. So it was December, and I was walking through to say goodbye to everybody. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to run out. I'm going to make my, my, my name for myself. I know how to carry this camera. I got this brick <laughs> thing with razor blades in it. Chalk. And, and I, I, the, the chalk, you know what I mean? Double-sided tape yeah. or whatever. So I come around the corner. I'll never forget this. And, and Nick, you're at the, at the school. Right? right. So you know the TV studio at Luzerne County Community College? Yeah. All right. So right now there's an edit suite. That's back in. It's a classroom, and it has like six or seven workstations. That was that was like a, a like a maintenance closet when I was a student there, <laughs> right. right? So I'm walking through to say goodbye, and this is the pivotal moment that comes up. I'm walking through to say goodbye, and from in that room, I see like lights flickering, and I'm like, "What?" It's like a horror film. Or yes, something. right. I'm thinking, all right, I, there's going to be a body on the floor. <laughs> everything. So I, I go in, and it's it's the old chair of the department, right? And he's in there, and he's sitting by these Power Macs with 64 megabytes of RAM. Like at the time, 64 megabytes of RAM. That's you, a lot of RAM. Oh yeah, right. And I think I had like a two point five gigabyte hard drive, which was like, you'll never fill that up. You'll never fill that up. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, starting next semester, all of that's all, all of those decks oh. and everything, they're going into storage. I'm like, what? He goes, this is the new way to edit. It's nonlinear editing. You you take your video clips, you pull them into the computer. And you do all your editing here. He's like, come on and sit down. Now, here's the key point about being pivotal moment. I really didn't like this guy from day one. I just, him and I just never saw eye to eye, right? But in life, sometimes those people that you don't see eye to eye sometimes give you some of the most valuable lessons or they give you that pivotal moment where it's like, wait a second. And so he's like, and this was in the morning, this is around 10 o'clock in the morning. And he's like, here, let me show you. And I'll never forget this. It was a Ford Taurus commercial that they had like the clips and they had the different music for. And he's like, these are in the bin. This is a timeline. And like, he showed it to me really quick. And he's like, you drag and drop them. And then you could do these transitions. And I'm like, whoa, he goes, Listen, I have to go out, whatever. He goes, shut the door when you're done. Play around a little bit. You're not going to hurt it. And I'm like, all right. So I started playing around, playing around. Now, this is before cell phones, guys. So, <laughs> like, you got to think. Here, Here's this young 20-something-year-old tells his family, I'm going down to say goodbye to everybody. I'll be home. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Were they panicking? Oh, so yeah. I'm sitting there editing, editing, editing away. And then I hear behind me and i'm like yes and it's the security guard and he's like what are you doing here i'm like oh it's okay they told me the the chair told me that i could just play around or everything he goes yeah but what are you doing here i'm like well i'm editing this together he goes it's 11 o'clock at night oh my my god and i'm like what he's like it's 11 o'clock at night and i'm like oh he goes so what are you doing here i'm like i'm coming back to school 
I knew I had to go back to school because everything I had just learned was thrown out the window. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that always stays true, and this is what I say to media students all the time, your fundamentals and foundations will never change. The technology and the devices that you use to shoot the video, because I started off with those heavy, heavy cameras. Now, for the audio listening audience, I'm holding up my phone. <laughs> I can shoot HD quality video that's better than some of those cameras were yeah. with my phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's really about when you're in school, if you're learning software, don't think of it as you're learning specific software. You're learning software and that software will transcribe itself to all the other software that's about photos, if you're learning something about photos or audio or video, because they will all have similar windows and palettes and tools. They'll just maybe have them in a different place or call them something different. But once you learn that foundation, you could now dive in if you go to work somewhere, because not often, not often, I shouldn't even say that, sometimes when you go to get a job and, you, and what you went to school for, that company may not have the entire software suite and may not have the software package that you learned on. Right. You know, a great example is one of my first advertising jobs as a creative director. I moved back to the area. I was uh, down in Philadelphia. I was working at NBC News and um, I came back to this area to be a, a creative director for an ad agency. B2B, business to business advertising. And I remember I got to the office and my assistant, which was hired the week before me, I, I don't know, comes into my office and she's like, great news. I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> she's like, the owner just bought the Corel, the Corel suite. And I'm like, because uh, I learned everything on Adobe. Right. Right. Oh, so yeah. then it was almost like reteaching yourself but everything. Where you get those fundamentals. All right, if I'm going to do something with some their, their, their like drawing thing or whatever that's like Illustrator, I know that there's going to be a tool palette. I know that there's going to be a canvas. I know that there's going to be something with layers and there's going to be color palettes and there's going to be the pen. So once you learn what you go to school for, that's just a stepping stone. So again, I said I was going back to school. I went into journalism because at the time the the communication arts department wasn't the communication arts department that we have today. Today we have the uh, the the broadcast com communications department merged with the commercial art, and that's communication arts. Because we found through um, just being in media that you used to be able 10, 15, 20 years ago, you used to be able to put these blinders on and say, I'm going to run camera. I'm just going to be a camera person, or I'm, I'm just going to do print design. I'm just going to do print. Or you would say, I am just going to record this kind of music. Great. But there are video guys that I know. No, now I know Dan shoots video, but <laughs> there are video guys I know that had a very long career in broadcast shooting cameras. And some of the best videographers that I've ever run into, and they'll reach out now saying, Hey, do you got anything? Because what they got replaced by was video journalists in the news. 
So they got replaced by the person that comes out. They stick up the tripod. They know how to work the camera. They can they can interview people. They could do stand up if they have to. They can edit it on the fly. They could put the graphics package on. They can upload it. It's live by six. As opposed to, I'll shoot it, I'll take it back for someone to edit, then we'll take it to the control room, then they'll overlay the graphics if the graphic department doesn't have time to do it. Like that entire process has changed, you know? And what typically tends to happen to people is this. Something new comes along, and instead of them accepting it and saying, all right, it's new, I'm freaked out about it, what people tend to do is get that crap away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get that away from me. I don't want to try anything new. So I went back to journalism. And from there, I went out to the world and toured with music and did my own thing. So you're still doing music at this time, too. Yeah, I still play music and stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't play out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time to. You don't want to get the band back together? (laughs) My house, there's a guitar in every room, and my sons could pick up a guitar anytime they want. All right. Teaching them the the craft, huh? Well, you know what? The way that I look at it this way is with my kids. um, I wanted kids for as long as I could remember. Life just took a different path where I focused on career early. Uh, and then I met my wife. I always say the joke that I was buying time because had I met my wife when I was like 19 or 20, I'd be in jail because she's a lot younger than me. So, <laughs> so I was just buying the cradle. I, or I, what? Was, I was buying time is what I was doing. And uh, so with with my kids, one thing that I, I've learned is um, my son Owen, since he was able to sit on his own because I have an office at home uh, has been in front of these microphones. He would interview me. He started editing and after effects at like five. Wow. And and video editing because I, that's and and doing like graphics and stuff. Um, But never will I ever force them or lead them anywhere than where they want to go. The only thing that I say to them and it's Owen and Parker and Parker's a firecracker in a bucket, but that's another story. He's four. <laughs> Owen is eight currently. But with them, the key thing here with me and, and my wife is let them find their own path. And if they decide that they want to go into media, which, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't. Not because I, it hasn't been great to me. I've done I've done my career has been amazing because I'm one of those people that everything I went to school for. I do every day because I love it. I just love it. And I want that for them, you know. And so my son, Owen, he's doing his YouTube channel. Awesome ODP show. Awesome ODP show. (laughs) Okay. So I just had to get merch for him. So we made some T-shirts up and stuff. And he comes and he goes, Dad, I have a bunch of orders. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. I I made some shirts for him. He's like. We got to order some more merch, Dad. I'm like, all right, all right, really cool. So he's doing some of the YouTube videos and stuff. And my youngest son, Parker, well, ODP is awesome, Owen Daddy Parker. Oh, right. So, and, but they've had access to this their entire lives. Yeah. But ultimately, the the important thing is, is find what you want to do. Just don't knock off a liquor store or do anything illegal. (laughs) And, I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're just getting by. But if you're doing what you're passionate about, honestly, you hear people say this all the time. If you do what you love, 
it never feels like you're working. And sometimes you think like, oh, that's so cliche. Mm-hmm. Right. But honestly, I, I don't feel like I've ever worked in my life. Like there are days where you're like, oh, for crying out loud. But <laughs> when you can say the majority of my days, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool because I have the best job ever. So I get to teach people how to do what I'm passionate about. And then I get to feed off of them and learn the new things coming in. But that's just a small portion of what I do. I have this startup, uh, VizVibe, and we do augmented reality. We do apps. We're a transmedia storytelling company, which means we tell a story across multiple platforms. And what happens is you could tell, let's say, something in history. So I could take a piece of history like Selma. We did the Selma marches in 1965. There were three. A lot of people think there was only one. But with those three, you are able to lay out a storyline across multiple platforms where at any time during that timeline, someone could come in and start at that story point. And they could go forward or backwards, sideways or whatnot. And then the content for that keeps adding. Because the people that were involved or the places that were involved in, say, a historical event, now you could start branching off and telling those stories. So if somebody comes in through social media, they'll get onto the story maybe on the 3rd March, and then they'll connect with somebody that has experience because they either did one of our AVR decks, they went to the traveling exhibit, maybe they went to one of the websites, and they got additional information. Now they're sharing the storyline and what's happening is it's 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 beautiful because you're going forward and backwards in time and you can start at any moment in this story. And that's kind of what we do. I know it's kind of like hard to wrap your head around because it's if if you think of it as a documentary film. Okay. Take a documentary film and take it on the Revolutionary War, okay? And let's say we pick just one battle in the Revolutionary War. Like right now we're we're, we're working on the Battle of Wyoming that happened right here. I did a documentary for it many years ago. Wow. One of the first films that I put together. Um, and with that, there, there, it happened right here. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like One of the bloodiest massacres in the Revolutionary War happened right here in the Wyoming Valley. Wow, yeah. I had no idea. Right? <laughs> and it was, it was so pivotal that Mikhail Golvachev even talked about it in his um, in, in a speech that he gave because it was the first time ever that the Native Americans knew this land better than the settlers, better than the British, right? And because they used the Susquehanna as their highway, right? Okay. So it was one of the first times that uh, a general utilized the land against the people and he was able to back them up on school Ave, and he made it think them think that the fort was burning uh up up in jenkins and what they did was where the out kick goes there they were able to get them in there right now the thing you got to remember is washington's army was away they 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 were off doing a battle and they decided not to wait here in the valley and it was mostly older gentlemen some people home from break from the army and kids. And at the moment where they were at their, their, they were out in the open, there was a swamp 
And the Native Americans knew that the swamp was there. So they were able to flank them. And on the other side was the river, right? And so what had to happen, those of you listening, I'm putting my <laughs> hands in front of me. And now I am showing my two hands together with my fingers pointing each other, right? Right. They had to do this pivot so that they could fight off the people coming from the swamp. Wow. And Right? But historians see and and they do say that that pivot even for a trained military is a hard one to do so what happened is as they were looking up the line and they started to pivot the people down towards the river like down down the line yeah thought they were retreating and the line fell apart and it was oh. that was it once the line broke it was done but let's say we talked about that right on a documentary, I'm going to show this is where it happened. This is what happened next. This is what happened next. This is what happened next. With transmedia storytelling, now you can have the video, but you can also have segments of the video. You can have information that you can scan and have it pop up. You can have 3D models pop up if you have cards like we do, the AVR cards. The wow. book you can open up. Videos will play on certain pictures that will have voiceovers and video. And now you are engaged into the battle and that historical or that educational piece like never before. And that's so exciting because that's bringing everything that I teach and that I have done through my career to the table. And now instead of just watching a film or reading a book, I got everything there. I got everything, audio, video, graphics, photos, you name it, it can happen with AR and VR. Wow. And that's so, what's so exciting. And me and my team, I got to do a shout out to Vic DeLuca, Eric Thomas, um, Bennett Lipsky, and uh, Heidi Blade, because those are my partners. And man, without them, I, I tell you what, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So I'm, I'm so proud of my team. Any chance. I wanted them here, Nick. We I wanted so them here. I, I had to say to them, guys, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> all right. Call you them know? up. Tell them to come in. No, they <laughs> they left. They were like, there's not room for us. Oh, no. There's always like, room I could wave end. to you through the window with the mean <laughs> producer. <laughs> hey, that was Nick's doing, guys. I'm just letting you know. I had oh, no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bus, wow. man. All right. No, but... <laughs> So I'll now tell we're you, down to one host. It's just that, Nick. Oh, okay. <laughs> but my the, the my team is amazing. I mean, uh, Vic has been a, a really solid. Uh, he does research and and photography, and and uh, he's going to be doing some sales. Eric is my uh, just he's the innovative guy. He's he's our innovator main developer. He's just a genius. So Eric is. He, he's just great. Bennett, she's come aboard. Do you know Bennett? I, the name sounds she, familiar. Yeah, She was our intern. Now she's come aboard part-time. Um, anything you give her, she'll do it. You know, and, and like spot on. Heidi, I've known for years. Heidi lives down by New Jersey, Philadelphia area. Uh, she does marketing for us and uh, some demographic stuff and product uh, research. So... We all have our parts. And the nice thing about it is we're all just creative people that love this stuff. 
so some of the conversations we have going as we're working is just saying yeah all the creative minds well on you one could spot. because as you're working on a project it's like oh my gosh do you know what we could do and it's like all right we got to do this on the next thing <laughs> <laughs> you know what we could do yeah we got to do it on the next thing oh wow <laughs> you know so it, it is pretty exciting and back to the teaching thing just to put it out there um eric vic and bennett were all students of mine wow really mm-hmm. heidi was not heidi. <laughs> <laughs> I met Heidi later. Were they? She had an agency that she used to hire me to do like uh, uh, all her digital stuff for her at one time. Now, did they all uh, major in the communications? Like, yeah, yeah. Vic was photography. Eric was uh, computer graphics, new media. I think he did advertising and he did some CIS. Um, Bennett was computer graphics. And I think that's all she did. So, were they all LCCC students? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Cool. Uh, kind of just recruit them as soon as they graduate. Pick the no, good no, ones. No, 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 no. You have no choice. You, you know yeah. <laughs> I liked your work. <laughs> that's yeah. all right. You busted me. The whole reason that I teach is I know you need a job. It's, it's it's because it's the HR department for Viz Five. All right, right. Uh, I totally get it. That's if you want an A, you no, got to sign this contract no, it, now. It's, it's funny how it, how it happens. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they Bennett is probably the most direct one, as opposed and Eric a little bit. Eric and I started just really striking up a friendship shortly after he graduated. Because um, a lot of times, what will happen is if, if, when when students graduate, and the thing that to remember with our degrees, as opposed to like the four year schools or some other two year. Uh, curriculums a lot of the curriculums and programs that we have in communication arts are called terminal which means you get the degree and you should be able to go out and start working or at least get your foot in the door somewhere so you you go to school for it and then a lot of students will decide not to transfer they'll decide i'm gonna and that's what our degrees are for it's supposed to get you ready to go so that you can land a job and, and get started right um so what happens and it's for every teacher you can ask any teacher that you have dan you were a teacher i know i am probably not supposed to be talking to him (laughs) it's okay you could break the fourth wall (laughs) even with even with him he probably under he he's probably had students after graduation reach out to them on linkedin or twitter or even facebook and say hey I'm, i'm i just need to grab a coffee and when you're a teacher it doesn't stop when your class is over and you were in my class, and I've yeah. always said my door is always open, even when you go on in life. And one of the best joys that I ever have as a teacher is when a student comes back to me, like you were saying, I'm doing this show now, I'm doing this. I mean, and you're still kind of sort of. Yeah, you still have one year left. You know, but how exciting is this, man? Right. To like, finally be doing something And exciting. you only had me for one <laughs> class? Yeah. Yeah, and like yeah. I am so excited for him Me too. because his, his his and I'm excited for you. I don't know you, it's okay. but you're the we'll strange girl I'll, I never I'll met. I'll DM before. you on right. LinkedIn for yes. coffee. Hit me up on hit me up on LinkedIn. We have a nice coffee shop next door. There you go. Even though there I you won't go. drink their coffee, I don't, I don't like Starbucks coffee. I just no. Are you Dunkin'? It's no, right across no, the street. I'm, oh, okay. No, I I got thrown out There's of Dunkin' It was it was a bad scene. Uh, well, <laughs> it gets a little scary. No, the, they were they were up in New York. They were giving me uh, uh, coffee, and I'm like, fill it halfway, and then fill it with hot water, and put a bunch of ice cubes in it, five Splenda, and extra creamer, and they're like, 
why do you do that, sir? And I'm like, oh. I don't like your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the taste of it. So I'm going to just bury it with ice and water and, and, water and oh Splenda. And, but yeah, I haven't found Donut Connection is pretty good. Donut Connection is very good. There's one in Pittston. Donut Connection. I don't think I've yeah. seen that. The Donut Connection. Um, yeah, there's one in Pittston. Clearly not as popular as Curry Donuts. No. Nah, I mean, in, it's weird because their logos. I know are so similar. Right? The it's colors almost like and the everything. same media company. Like it really uh, is. You know though. what? This works really good. So <laughs> maybe they are the same company. I yeah, don't know. I'm gonna have to research that. Maybe they are. Um. So, what encouraged you to become a professor? What encouraged me to become a professor? Hmm. Well, nothing encouraged me to become a professor. <laughs> I got a frantic call one night was I was sitting at home. I was working. I was working on one of the films, probably the Pennsylvania State Police Century of Excellence that I did for the Pennsylvania State Police. And I was working at home and I got a phone call from Tom McHugh, the chair of the department. And he's like, we lost our After Effects guy and I hear you're great. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> Who told you this? I'm like, Who is this? And he's like, can you start teaching next week? And I'm like, sure. And I was like, all right, this isn't going to happen. And he's like, great, I'm outside your house. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) Like, I didn't know him before that. So I'm like, what? And he's like, don't worry, I found your address. I'm like, okay, man, I'll be right there. I'm in the window. He definitely did journalism in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you know what's funny is from that moment on, Tom McHugh has become a mentor to me. And has taken me under his wing all these years later and um, throughout every phase of my career since that moment that he freaked me out in front of my house, <laughs> um, led me to where I was. You know, he, he helped me do the connections and everything. So, um, yeah. And he still to this day is very, very um, uh, just extremely supportive and helpful and um just a great mentor. You got to find those. You and I've had a chance to have several throughout my life. And again, sometimes the people that are most pivotal are the people that you don't get along with. Now, I get along really good with Tom. Let me just put that out there, you know, <laughs> and, and other mentors. But sometimes, from the people that you least expect, you're going to have the best life lessons, and they're going to change your path. And don't be afraid of that. Like. Don't be afraid. If you're in business and you're starting up a small business and everyone's saying you should do this, 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 and this, and this, yes, listen to them because they have experience, but also remember you have some experience too, hopefully, and as you get older and you do more and more things, you will have experience, and there's sometimes you have to make hard decisions that you know that people won't be happy with, but you have to do what's right for you and your company because that way you're building a solid foundation okay and when you build that solid foundation what it does is when you're ready to go out and let's say you want investment or you want um, people to join your 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 company it's a stronger foundation that they can invest in and so on you could decide one or two ways one way that we run our company and sometimes we get the eye of like what are you doing is, you know, this isn't our first rodeo. Me and Vic have been involved in businesses. Heidi has had successful businesses. 
So this isn't our first run um, when it comes to doing a business. Some of the tech it is because it's new tech and the way that things scale is a little bit different for us. But we believe wholeheartedly that not only for our clients and our future clients, we have to build this foundation, um, but also for the people that are going to invest time and effort and eventually money in the company. We really don't want them to invest in something that's just like balls to the wall and we have no vision. And you have to hone that. And that takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it takes longer than some people want to happen. And that's totally understandable because in the tech industry, it's like tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. And if it's tomorrow and you're not here tomorrow, it's done. Mm -hmm. And we totally get that. But the other thing that you have to do is when you're building something like we're not using a, a third party software and no. going out and creating content and then using that to put together the AR experience. We created the platform because we had to create this platform for us to create those transmedia storytelling um, projects, right? So when we started, it was like, all right, there's nothing here. How can we make this work? So we started building this platform. But one of the things that we kept hearing from people, and when we would have conversations with museums, schools, nonprofits, even businesses, is three main things. You know, it's so expensive to make an app. Because they were told it's going to cost you lots of money to make an app. And if you get into AR or VR, forget it. It's going to be the sky. <laughs> and then we don't have enough staff to be able to get any content or, or put it together or learn another company's third-party software and try to figure it out. I have no one on my staff that I can do it. And then thirdly, we would always hear, well, we just paid like so much money to have a video taken a year ago. I don't have a budget for another three to five years. So as we were building out our platform for us and going out and talking to people about being possible clients, those three things kept coming up over and over and again. And as we were developing it out, it was like, you know what, guys? Like, let's just give them the platform and make it as simple as possible and let them retrofit any of their existing materials and they can be in the AR game at a fraction of the cost and use our player. And what we can do is with that player, if you want customization, that's when we can come in, we can help you with custom content. We can give you a white label version of our player app and it's a fee that's fee based, but the schools, the museums and all of that, they can do a subscription based every month and have so many triggers and targets. And they're able to utilize marketing materials or whatever they already have, or if they shoot it on their phone and they could swap them out because of their subscription. And so that's when we pivoted the platform. And now we have two versions um, that we're on the verge of launching this fall, which we're very excited about now that it's October. And the United States Postal Service, we're working with very closely um, the United States Postal Service, I'm doing a, a whole educational, um, not curriculum, but multi-project with my classes. You might have saw, I, get, I got them to give all my 107s that pack that you brought into Denise Evans. Oh, she, and she gave was it to you guys? Yeah, oh, I, ordered, so I got cool. one for every student that I have. Nice. Yeah, so there's this packet that the Postal Service has 
And in the meetings, I'm like, listen, if I'm going to do this, you need to send me one of these for all of my students right? so that we can use it as an example. So it's a four-part project that I'm doing for them, and they're going to give it to all the colleges and universities that are part of that whole Postal Service interactive AR thing. But on top of it, um, one of the things that we're working with them now is they're going to license our... Uh, AR Launchpad Learn software so that students have an LE version of the Pro that we're about to release and they're going to be able to do video, photos, and links out the things when you scan the direct marketing pieces that they create. And you, they can utilize their own um, videos or whatever. We're giving them some server space. The colleges will sign up. The professors will say how many licenses they need and then we'll set that up for them and those schools will be able to use it. And then at that point, if the students ever want to switch over to the pro version when they graduate, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there it is. But we're really excited about that. The, the opportunity is amazing. Right. Absolutely. You know, when we're talking, when we were talking uh, to them about logo placement and possible the, the, the co-branding and stuff for our company to be on the Pulse service website, uh, the, the one lady in the room, Vicky's like, uh, says over to, to Heather, Hey, do you have the, do you have the numbers? And I'm like, it's the postal service. I'm perfectly fine with how many people like you guys have on that website. <laughs> right. And she's like, well, I'll just tell you some rough numbers. I'm like, okay. And she goes, we're, we're, I think she said, we're like, we're ranked 11th in the world for website. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And she goes, yeah, every year we have about 2.8 billion visitors to wow. our website. And I'm like, how many unique? Is that unique visitors? <laughs> the media part of me is like, holy crap, 2.8. And wow. she's like, it's, it's probably low billions, high millions for unique visitors, which means that they stay on that website for a certain amount of time. So to be even able to work with all of those schools is exciting to us because that's the whole reason we got into this was it's not to replace the teacher. The teacher is the person that's going to keep the conversation going and keep the students engaged. This is never about replacing because here's what typically happens with companies. You have a tech company that has a great idea, but their user interface, user experience, visuals, it's just so clunky, it doesn't work. Or you have a design-oriented company that has all these awesome visu visuals, but the tech doesn't work. With VizVibe, we kind of come from every angle of it, and we can blend it together. Nice. And that's the key thing. So our thing is always about it's a balance. And where a lot of people make mistake is they try to say the tech is going to replace the teacher or the tech doesn't work because they try to throw it out really quick. And it's like, well, it doesn't work, so we're not even going to go to it. Our tech is supposed to be there and it's supposed to be a tool for the teacher to use to engage the new generations into the content that they've already created. So if they have uh, uh, educational materials that they already created, there's history teachers out there that have shot videos. Now the student could get the app on their Android or iOS device for free. The teacher could send home the packet and on there it could say scan these images. And it's the video of the teacher walking through Mancho Pichu oh, wow. talking about it. And oh, wow. the teacher would be able to do that with the educational version of AR Launchpad. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty exciting times. <laughs> Seriously. I'm not tired. 
I'm not tired. I'm not you always have plenty of things to do. <laughs> Everything's I'm, fine. Well, you see me in the school. I'm like you're running. Yeah, you I'm, I'm constantly no going. Time in between, you know. But that's that's the cool thing about teaching, you know. And Dan shaking his head is the cool thing about teaching. What I think a lot of people don't understand is it allows you. And I have a lot going on at the school, but being a professor allows me the the time to put towards this business and creating cool content and again if it doesn't feel like you're working like you can have multiple things up true you know what i mean right and not to mention i get some good help because my partners are awesome so um before we wrap up there was just one last question i wanted to ask you with the technology so prominent no you're not getting an a oh i'm sorry (laughs) damn it sorry (laughs) Darn it. <laughs> he already answered oh, my class. Man. There's one question I have to ask. Next semester, Kevin. Right. When I since I got you on the show, next semester. Are you gonna put in a good word with Chris for me? <laughs> next semester. I think you have a good word with him already. So you're a talented uh, man. Oh, thanks. You don't have to he lie to me. He's very talented. <laughs> no, what I oh, what look I at that. that was very nice of your co-host. It's right? okay. Because I don't say it very often. Because it'll become single host if she didn't say it. Oh my oh. god. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Nick. This is a Mariah show, so no, there's the door. Right. Okay. I mean, who found the guest for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Nicholas. Yes. <laughs> yes. He found. It's all right. He, next week. He found. The guest. The guest. I had a bunch of people that wanted uh, to come. Oh, yeah. But you didn't have Mike to bring your, with you. I bet you Mariah See, would have had them all. I bet I, I would have brought everyone. Had, we your kids would have been there here. There is plenty of room around this. Listen, <laughs> my guys are tech <laughs> We could have a spin off episode. They would just sit there happy. But no. <laughs> so, what's your question? I don't, I don't even want to <laughs> ask you anymore. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're just going to end it like that. All right. No, what I wanted to ask was with the developing, um, with technology so prominent in the developing youth lives, where do you feel the future of AR is going to come into play with the social disconnection that our youth has? Yeah, I, I, I think what I like I was saying before, I think the thing with AR that marketers and companies and anyone that's going to use it needs to keep in mind is that balance. I think that the ones that are going to succeed aren't not going to just have the dinosaur running around because it's fun or the mustache coming on your face because it's fun. There will always be a place for that. But I think that the companies that forge forward and, and tell a story with AR and VR and figure out that balance between bringing those disconnected kids. I and mean, when you, when you talk about a disconnected generation, we are totally connected. We're disconnected with reality is what we really yeah, are. Right. Think True. about that, right? True. So where do you – it's figuring out that, okay, I, I have to promote this brand. I have to show this new product. I have to teach this lesson. How do I utilize where they're at and, and tell a story engaging enough for them to look up? We okay. need to make them look up. And once they realize that they can, and even if they have the goggles or the glasses on that are, that are coming out, um, once they realize that reality and this augmented part of it could work together and there's a balance, 
I think that's when we're going to start seeing people really appreciating. And that's when this industry is going to blow out. Because I think once that clicks and people understand, like, it doesn't have to be all consuming. It could just be there enough to help or to teach you something or to engage you a little bit more in something or enhance. I think at that point is when the industry uh, I think that's where we should go as an industry. And I think that's where we're kind of heading. There's some really cool stuff happening in the world of AR, VR, MR, IR, uh, XR. There's all the different ones, but it's basically some really cool crap. If you figure out that balance and, and that's the key thing. It's finding balance. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, and have fun. And well, of course. And have fun in what you're doing. So. That's what life's about, having fun. It is. Just staying out of trouble while doing it. It is. Like I said to my kids, don't lock off a liquor store. And <laughs> you don't have to be rich. You have to enjoy what you want to do, and that's it. So right. I'm so excited to see that, too, as a father. But like I was saying before with Nick, all of my students, I love when I run into them. And, and you remember this from my class. I will tell them. I am crappy at names. Oh, yeah. So if you run into me in five yep. years, and I'll know where you sat. I'll know the grade you got. I'll know how you treated me, and I treated <laughs> you, right? And I'll know the quality of your work, but I won't remember your name. So if I don't introduce you to who I'm at in, like, the first two minutes, just say, hey, it's me. And half the time I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember faces. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, it's an exciting life. All right. Well, Kevin, thanks. For stopping in and chatting with us today. That's VizVibe.com. That's VizVibe.com. One more time to let it sink in. VizVibe.com. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast is brought to you by Pepper Jam. Headquartered in downtown Wilkes-Barre, Pepper Jam is a performance marketing solutions provider, redefining its category through innovative technology and service expertise. For more information, check them out at pepperjam.com. Well, that does it for episode 11 of the Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast. We want to thank Kevin for joining us today. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Pepper Jam, for allowing us to share with you these 11 episodes. Make sure you tune in next time for episode 12, we're your hosts, Mariah Curtis and Nick Nsinga, and, and thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening to the Wilkes-Barre Connect, Connect podcast. podcast.